Welcome to the podcast of the Renew Community. We strive to be a Jesus community who cares about the things Jesus cares about. This podcast was recorded at our last gathering. Teaching like this is how we worship together every other week. We look to the scriptures seeking to become more like Christ. We're glad you're listening. Good morning, everyone. Uh, it's great to be able to gather together uh, via Zoom uh, to worship God together, to celebrate uh, the goodness that's going on uh, in our community. Um, and we, as a community, we've been hanging out in the Gospel of John uh, for the last couple of months. And uh, I've just been encouraged uh, and enriched in reading this. This morning, we're going to be in John chapter 9. Uh, and I feel like there's probably like 10 sermons that I could teach on John chapter nine. I'll try to keep it to like three or four this morning. Um, but I, I'm excited for what the Lord might speak to us. And I actually want to begin just by reading the whole chapter. Uh, as much as I would like to talk and talk and talk about this, I think it's important for us just to read the scripture together. Uh, and so I'll read it. Uh, we have it on slides. <clears throat> you can read along there, or if you have your Bible, you can read along with your own Bible, um, or you can just listen. <clears throat> so John chapter 9, as Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who had been blind from birth. Rabbi, his disciples asked him, why was this man born blind? Was it because of his own sins or his parents' sins? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, Jesus answered, but this happened so that the works of God could be seen in him. We must quickly carry out the tasks assigned us by the one who sent me. The night is coming and then no one can work. But while I am here in the world, I am the light of the world. Then he spit on the ground, made mud with the saliva and spread the mud over the blind man's eyes. He told him, go wash yourself in the pool of Siloam. Siloam means scent. So the man went and washed and came back seeing. His neighbors and others who knew him as a blind beggar asked each other, isn't this the man who used to sit and beg? <clears throat> Some said he was, and others said, no, nah, he just looks like him. But the beggar kept saying, yes, I am the same one. They asked, who healed you? What happened? He told them, the man they called Jesus made mud and spread it over my eyes and told me, go to the pool of Siloam and wash yourself. So I went and washed, and now I can see. Where is he now? They asked. I don't know, he replied. Then they took the man who had been blind to the Pharisees, because it was on the Sabbath that Jesus had made the mud and healed him. The Pharisees asked the man all about it, so he told them, He put the mud over my eyes, and when I washed it away, I could see. Some of the Pharisees said, This man Jesus is not from God, for he is working on the Sabbath. Others said, But how could an ordinary sinner do such miraculous signs? So there was a deep division of opinion among them. Then the Pharisees again questioned the man who had been blind and demanded, what's your opinion about this man who healed you? The man replied, I think he must be a prophet. The Jewish leader still refused to believe the man had been blind and could now see. So they called in his parents. They asked him, 
Is this your son? Was he born blind? If so, how can he see? His parents replied, we know this is our son and that he was born blind, but we don't know how he can see or who healed him. Ask him. He's old enough to speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders who had announced that anyone saying Jesus was the Messiah would be expelled from the synagogue. That's why they said he's old enough. Ask him. So for the second time, they called in the man who had been blind and told him, give glory to God by telling the truth. We know this man, Jesus, is a sinner. Well, I don't know whether he is a sinner, the man replied, but I know this. I was blind and now I can see. But what did he do? They asked. How did he heal you? Look, the man exclaimed, I told you once, don't you listen? Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples too? Then they cursed him and said, you are his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. We know God spoke to Moses, but we don't even know where this man comes from. Why, that's very strange, the man replied. He healed my eyes, and yet you don't know where he comes from? We know that God doesn't listen to sinners, but he is ready to hear those who worship him and do his will. Ever since the world began, no one has been able to open the eyes of someone born blind. If this man were not from God, he couldn't have done it. You were born a total sinner, they answered. Are you trying to teach us? And they threw him out of the synagogue. When Jesus heard what had happened, he found the man and asked, Do you believe in the Son of Man? The man answered, Who is he, sir? I want to believe in him. You have seen him, Jesus said, and he is speaking to you. Yes, Lord, I believe, the man said, and he worshiped Jesus. And Jesus told him, I entered this world to render judgment, to give sight to the blind and to show those who think they see that they are blind. Some Pharisees who were standing nearby heard him and asked, are you saying we're blind? If you were blind, you wouldn't be guilty, Jesus replied, but you remain guilty because you claim you can see. Amen. And I want us to remember that this chapter comes in the context. Uh, we've been looking at chapters seven and eight over the last few weeks. Two weeks ago, Doug taught in chapter seven about this feast of tabernacles in Sukkot and Succoth and how Jesus came in as they were pouring out the water of this celebration, this joyous celebration that they poured out water. And Jesus said, if you are thirsty, Come to me and I will give you living water. And this was a profound statement that he was fulfilling this festival, that he was, uh, he was the reason for their joy, that he had living water. And Doug mentioned this two weeks ago, but you may not remember. The water that they poured out was taken from the pool of Siloam. And then in John chapter 8, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will no longer walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And this was another part of that festival. They had these lampstands in the courtyard in the temple that they would light up, and they were said to light up the entire city of Jerusalem. 
and they could be seen from miles away. This was a part of that joyous celebration. And Jesus again says, I am the light of the world. I am the fulfillment of this festival. And here again in John chapter 9, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. So Jesus is drawing us into this story to show us who he is. And we recognize that light in the scriptures was used to represent truth and knowledge. It also was used to represent God's glory. And it also represented understanding God's ways and character. And here's this man who's been born blind. And so the common thought was that, well, if he was born blind, this must be punishment for a sin. And it could be the sin of his parents, or perhaps he sinned while he was in the womb, and thus he was punished and born blind. And so Jesus' disciples ask him, why? Who sinned? And Jesus says, neither one. This was done so that the works of God might be displayed in him so that the power of God could be seen in him, that God's works might be revealed in him, manifest in him, made visible in him. And yes, I think that pun is intentional. This man was born blind so that you all could see God's goodness. God wants to reveal his character to you through me. There's a Greek word for this making making known, being revealed, being displayed, and made visible, called phanero. And the root of this word comes from light. Here, Jesus is drawing into this story, wanting to reveal the heart of God. And unfortunately, so many of the people in this story miss it because they're too focused on the blame game, the shame game. This story is all about answering the question of who, who sinned, this man or his parents, that draws us deeper into who God is and who Jesus is. And I can only imagine what it was like for this guy who has never seen, who has been born blind, to be healed, and the joy that must have filled him. And I, I, as I was thinking about that, I was just reminded of, of a story that Dave Balecki shared uh, about a month ago in, in remembering our, our beloved brother, Chip, um, and how he was reading the Gospel of Mark with Chip. And, and he asked Chip, you know, well, what are you noticing? And Chip's response was, Jesus is amazing. And friends, I just think we need to remember that and celebrate that this morning. Uh, I have a, a video. Hopefully it works. I know we're having a, a bit of technical difficulties. Joel, you're phenomenal. We may have pushed you past your limit today, but thanks for getting us back on track. You may have seen these. There, there, there are glasses that are available for people who are, are colorblind. Um, and if you, if you want some good tears to shed today, you can go on YouTube. There's all kinds of videos. And, and this is just one. And I just, I'm using this because it's just a small picture. This guy can see, but he's colorblind. Um, so I can only imagine what this might represent for the story that we read this morning. All right, all right. Try him on. Okay. <laughs> 
Okay, so your shirt is like decidedly red. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Am I right? Yeah. <laughs> what color is that? And this is. <laughs> <laughs> is this is, is it red? Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is really red? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like a ready orange. Color of those balls behind you. So this is like super green? Mm-hmm. That's green. <laughs> this is blue? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah! It's kind of like actually mind blowing. <laughs> this purple. Yeah. I can't believe it. <laughs> believe it. I can't believe it. Look at the table, man. Like there's so many colors in it. <laughs> oh my god, it's so real. <laughs> it is real. It is real. Now you can dress. I can't look at the cow, man. This is spectacular! I can't imagine what it was like for this man to have been born blind and all of a sudden to see just the overwhelming spectacularness of that. And yet, he goes and, and all he's met with is skepticism and doubt and like, no, nah, that's not him. That must just be his brother. No, it's me and I can see. <laughs> I'm so glad the guy in this video had friends who were like, yes, this is awesome. We celebrate with you. And then they're taken to the, he's taken to the Pharisees with more skepticism and doubt. Well, who healed you? It was Jesus. He took mud. Well, it was the Sabbath, so this Jesus must be a sinner. What are you talking about? I can see. I can see. And this story is about who. This story is about who. Who is God? And what is God's heart? And who is Jesus? And what is his heart for us? And Tim was talking about this earlier in the story of Moses delivering the people out of Egypt. What is God's heart? God's heart is to set people free, to heal them, to deliver them out of sin. And it's actually, the story is filled with irony because as much as the Pharisees are questioning this man about who Jesus is, they're actually drawing him into discovering who Jesus is. Because he's experienced this miracle, and I can't imagine what that was like, but I'm, I'm sure he was just blown away by the fact that he could see. But then he is questioned and questioned and questioned, and as he's questioned, he actually begins to discover the significance of not just what, but who. Because he, he has to start processing this. What was the meaning of this miraculous sign that I've experienced? Well, it's about the who. It's about Jesus. Well, who is he? Well, he he must be a prophet. Now he's a sinner. Well, I don't know about that, but I can see. And I don't think God would have done this if this man was a sinner. So he must have been sent from God. He must have been sent from God. 
And then the end of this story, Jesus comes to him. And I love what Jesus says. Do you believe in the son of man? Yeah, I want to. Who is he? You have seen him. You have seen him. And he is speaking to you. This guy gets a glimpse at the heart of God. Living in shame for much of his life, feeling like he must have been punished for either his own sin in the womb, which he would have had very little control over, some lustful thought he had while in the womb, or perhaps being punished for the parents. Living with that shame and Jesus comes to him and says, no, it's not about that. That's not the heart of my father. That's not the heart of God. The heart of God is that he wants to draw you under this umbrella of grace. He wants to draw you up into his laps and show you his love, deliver you, to set you free. Jesus told his disciples in the, in the previous chapter and those surrounding him, you, if you abide in my word, you will be my true disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And the religious leader said, we've never been slaves. Apparently, they forgot the story that Tim's been reminding us. We've never been slaves. Jesus says, anyone who sins is a slave to sin. But the heart of God is to set you free. The Son will set you free. And so, friends, I just want us to be reminded this morning of the awesomeness, the amazingness of Jesus and God's heart for us to deliver us into freedom. Whatever evil may come, whatever bad thing may come, that is not God's heart. God's heart is to work good in every situation. Even in the midst of the pandemic, God is at work doing something miraculous. And that miraculous thing could be something huge and amazing and astonishing. It could be something really subtle transforming our hearts. So the question isn't about who sinned to cause this. This isn't, a, this isn't the blame game of it's China's fault or it's Trump's fault or it's Barack Obama's fault. It's not about the blame game. For us as followers of Jesus, we're invited to put on those kingdom glasses and say, God, what good do you want to work in this situation? God, what are you up to? How do you want to transform me? How do you want to transform my neighbor? And Jesus invites us into this. To be amazed by what he can do in our lives. As we lean and as we look to the heart of God. I don't know why Corona happened. I can't answer that question, but I, knew, know, I do know that God is inviting us to look to him and to see him, to see him do something amazing and something good. And he also invites us to participate in that. At the beginning of this chapter, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. <clears throat> he also says, we, we must do the works of God. We must do the works of the one who sent me. And I've been blown away by how often sent is used in the gospel of John to describe Jesus's relationship with God, the father. The father is the one who sent Jesus. 
It's used over 40 times. But Jesus is the sent one. God is ascending God who sends a rescuer to us, who sends a reconciler to us, who gives himself to us that we could be restored, that we could be delivered from slavery to sin, to fear, to shame, to addiction. God is ascending God. And Jesus sends this man to the pool of Siloam, which means sent. And I believe that God is sending us. Jesus says, but while I am here in the world, I am the light of the world. And in the gospel of Matthew, he records Jesus saying, you are the light of the world. Let your light shine before others that they may see your good works and glorify your father in heaven. So brothers and sisters, I just believe that God is inviting us into this space to open our eyes to the goodness that he wants to do in our lives, freeing us from sin. Sin is, sin is bad. <laughs> its consequences are destructive. But God's heart is to deliver us from that. And God's heart is to deliver our neighbors from that. And so can we put on those kingdom goggles? Can we put on those glasses? Can our eyes be opened? And, and this, is, this is the heart of our prayer walk next Sunday. God, give us eyes to see the people that you want to deliver, the people that you want to bless, the people that you want to transform. And maybe it's us, but we recognize that you're also sending us out to the world. So just invite us into a posture of prayer. God, open our eyes. Continue to transform us. Remind us of the miraculous work that you've done in our own lives. Big things, subtle things, transformation, healing that has occurred. Remind us of those stories and may we bear witness to those. God, open our eyes to the goodness that you want to work even in the midst of the pandemic. And God, open our eyes to the ones that you want to touch with healing, to the ones that you want to deliver out of sin, out of slavery to fear, out of anxiety, out of depression. God, give us eyes to see and help us to participate in that. God, give us kingdom vision. Give us your missional sent vision and send us, Lord. Maybe it's Maybe it's the mothers or parents who are struggling right now. Maybe you want to send us to encourage them, to invite them into the transformation and healing power of Jesus. Maybe it's those who have lost their jobs and you want to bless financially. Would you send us, Lord? Your goodness would be revealed. and People's lives would be transformed for the sake of your kingdom. God, open our eyes. Give us kingdom vision. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the podcast of the Renew Community. This in no way should replace the formation within a community of Jesus followers. If you are looking for a church, would like more information about Renew, or would like to give financially to this ministry, check out our website at renewcommunity.org.